Welcome to part two of the conversation I had with my brother. Part one of the interview, he spoke and shared about his experience with grief after the passing of our sister. And in this part of the conversation, he shares his experience with grief after the passing of our mom. Hello, and welcome to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. This podcast is about exploring the grief that occurs at different times in our lives in which we have had major changes and transitions that literally shake us to the core and make us experience grief. I created this podcast for people to feel a little less hopeless and alone in their own grief process as they hear the stories of others who have had similar journeys. I'm Kendra Rinaldi, your host. Now, let's dive right into today's episode. So, hermanito, so now share a little bit more about the most recent um, experience you had with grief and death um, and that process. So maybe let's talk about a little bit about our mom and that process of grief. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, there's like obviously so much I could share, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll just start sharing and then yeah. you, you please, you know, prompt me. So, yes. Um, Actually, if I can just prompt you even now at the, if you yeah, don't mind, just a little it. bit. Okay. <laughs> or else I'll so, just keep I know because it's so easy. Yeah. It's so easy to go into all the details of even just how it happened and so forth. So if we want to like sum it up, our sister's passing was a sudden death. Our mom's passing was one due to an illness. So there was that kind of difference, but more the, um, maybe the, experience of the grief component as I, I, I you could talk a little bit about the death itself and maybe what led up to it and um the you know like the things that maybe bonded you with her through that process um i'm kind of maybe telling you a little bit too much to what to say but that i don't know if that's a good prompt there uh on your end would that be good a yeah. good place to start okay yeah definitely you know it, it's it's interesting because Definitely the, the biggest, there's so many differences between my sister's passing and my mom's passing. Just like you mentioned, my sister's passing was an accident. Uh, my mom's, so therefore it was sudden. My mom's passing was gradual over 10 months. Uh, well, I guess longer, but um, I guess we're already like in the process of dying since we're born. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. At least but, since, yeah, diagnosis <laughs> to, diagnosis diagno to death was diagnosis February to, death, to no yeah. November. Yeah. Exactly. Um. And so it was, de it was very different. And, and, and therefore, I was very connected with it from the very beginning. I remember the, the, the moment we, we found out that she was diagnosed, we were all on a, on a call, on a conference call, since we were all living in different parts of the world. And my mom shared. And, um, you know, it, it's... It's so interesting. I, I often hesitate to share this with people, and I don't know if you've, I, I've even shared it with you, Kenda. Well, I'm, cu I'm curious um, now. <laughs> I've only shared it with, like, really, really close people. but Oh, all thanks, thanks. You just said I'm not close. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that yeah, came out wrong. You. Okay, let's just hang up no, now. No, I'll ta I take that back. <laughs> No, I just think it can be mis misinterpreted very easily. Um, but, you know, I think for the sake of this pot, for, for the sake of your podcast, Kendra, I'll go ahead mm -hmm. and share it. Yes. And basically, like right after the phone call, um, um, I and well, and during the phone call, I felt a tremendous sense of <laughs> this sounds so wrong of joy. Mm -hmm. um and and where this this comes from and and again this is not something i could have prompted it's not something i was prepared for mm -hmm. it's not something that i like um uh I, yeah it's, i wasn't conditioned to you know i just it was a reaction and like i remember sitting on the sofa i guess you know c comparing it now to lying down on the sofa at seven years old face down crying 
hearing of my sister's passing, mimicking my 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 younger sister or you know the, the youngest of the sisters, Catherine. This time I was sitting on the sofa and I was just like with my hands on my head and then like standing up and pacing, but like in in excitement as if I had just heard amazing news. Mm. And literally what was going through my heart and my mind at that point was I can't believe that she's so lucky to very soon be able to be again with her daughter, with her mom, with her sisters that have that have passed, you know, with her father, all you know, all these relatives and 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 friends that had passed. And like, you know, just based on 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 my beliefs about life after death, um I sincerely felt that and and and, um, and also you know something that that we're told in in the Baha'i writings is like when we pass away we we discover like all the mysteries um, of of the world like we're we're sort of you know we're in the know now of like all these things that were that before to us were were unknown. And so it's like, oh, she's so lucky. She's gonna get to like, mm. like know about all these like mysterious things that I currently don't understand. Um, and so definitely, I can say my 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 relationship with her with her passing was very different. And so the reason, Ken, that I didn't share it with you directly or with you know with our other sister Catherine or with my dad was just because it can be easily misinterpreted, um, and we each had a different process, you know. Absolutely, of, of, nope. of, gr- of grieving, and and I know how stating that can be totally like taken as like you know self righteous or you know whatever you want to call it. Mm. Um, uh, but I you know I share it with all sincerity, and um, and so basically, I and I, I remember then not too long after her diagnosis, I I went to visit my mom in Atlanta, and I spent ten days with her. And it, I was by myself, you know, I wasn't with my wife or with my kids. So I like really got to spend time with her. And I remember she asked me, you know, one day we went to, to Stone Mountain Park in Atlanta and we just sat by this lake and we were praying and meditating and talking. And most of the time we just spent in silence, just like looking at nature, which is one of her favorite things to do and one of my favorite things. And she asked me, you know, you know, like, Danny, like, how are you feeling? about this and i shared with her like can i can i be honest with you (laughs) and she was like yeah please and i shared that with her i shared these feelings and she was so happy (laughs) to hear that (laughs) and she was like and and she was like danny i feel exactly the same way (laughs) (laughs) well you know it just kind of wraps around to thinking of you again as that seven-year-old of saying yeah we're all together in spirit and that your heart uh and spirit of yours still showing up showing up you know at that age at that time you were how old um when mommy passed away when uh, for 27 27 27, i guess yeah 27 something like that not that where it doesn't but it's you know the different yeah actually exactly because mom died 20 years after our sister so Hmm. um so yeah you were 27 so um the the difference of that you know not the difference sorry that how similar you were still in <laughs> 20 mm, years later that you're able to still maintain that that purity of heart in that process that so many of us sometimes lose through the years so that right now I got very moved as you were saying all those um th- your reflection in that in that moment of when you found out that she was close to passing mm-hmm. okay so you're here it's around April I think it's around April I think that you were visiting so just mm-hmm. a couple months after mom's diagnosis you're having this moment. You shared with her that she felt the same way. Um, and now what else happened in that? Because uh, there's something very point, very important that happened in that um, in that visit that you had with her. Yeah. Of what she shared with you that you she... also kept a secret for a while. So go ahead. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that I kept it a secret. <laughs> until her, until she, yeah, until she passed yeah. away. So. Um, yeah, that that day I got probably one of the most precious gifts I've ever received. Um, 
she she said, you know, Danny, after your sister's passing 19 years ago, um, or 18 years ago, she I, I, I composed a song about life after death in in the rhythm of cumbia, the Colombian rhythm of cumbia, which is a, a very danceable and very lively rhythm, uh, which is, you know, ironic in a sense, talking about life after death. But she said she composed it with the hopes of being of it being used as a tool for people to grieve and for people to not be so sad and to be able to uh, feel more joy for the sake of the soul um, and and the, the journey they're about to embark on, the spiritual journey. And so she said, you know, I wrote it and I have a simple melody. I, I haven't told anybody, so I'm just now sharing it with you. Um, you know, because she wasn't a musician or a composer or anything along these lines. It was just something that came. It just sort of, you know, it, she was sparked with the creative spirit to to write it. And um, and she was like, I want you to finish it and I want you to produce it. And I want my friend Leonor Deli, a Colombian uh, singer, to, to sing it. And I, so, I, you know, moments later, I recorded her uh, singing it and explaining the the lyrics um and and basically you know throughout the months she leonor deli and i would start working on the lyrics and doing some demos and um we, we didn't get to record it before her passing uh but just two months after we we did the recording and then a few months after that we did a music video um yeah, that I remember, mm -hmm. um, which, by the way, if you still have the recording of you, of her sharing what the melody oh, yeah, is. definitely. Because uh, we haven't heard that. So um, if I can just share a little bit of how you shared with us um, about that. It was the day, um, the day after our mom passed away, we were preparing for the memorial. Uh, and um, we were all in Florida in our sister's home. And we can maybe go a little bit into the passing itself because music has been a huge part in this uh, journey of our mom's passing um, that we'll, we'll, we'll share a little bit about the moment of her passing itself. But in I, the when you said, you guys, you, you told our, my sister, dad, and I, I have something to tell you guys. I want to add this to the memorial tomorrow. And you played the... The, the raw version of Leonor singing the song with the drums and you said, you know, and you told us the story and you played it. I remember it being just this incredible moment because um, it was just like her letting us know that she's fine. And um, the, if you want to say just the little, the what the chorus is and also just uh, of the, of the song, and uh, how people can also listen to the, to the whole to the whole song. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten um, again that that it was a, a a surprise for you guys. <laughs> yes, it was a surprise, a beautiful surprise. Just like, I mean, we were like, "What? Like, how could you keep this so?" <laughs> but at yeah. the same time, it was so time. It was so perfect because then yeah. it just kind of was for us this comforting. Uh, feeling too of knowing that this has how she this was what her viewpoint was about life after death and so it just made it even more joyful even that moment mm -hmm. uh, again like going back again to the moment of joy how you felt about her be you know um, when you found out of ha her having a terminal illness that um, that then to know that she was really embracing this a new uh, chapter in her right. in the her spiritual journey, um, so yeah. So the main the chorus uh, yeah. Itself, so you, well, you have I, it I actually I have uh, here the um, like a, obviously the song is in Spanish, but Spanish. but mm -hmm. here I have a provi provisional translation. So the lyrics go: When we are being reborn in the light of a new life, the little angels of heaven will greet us and welcome us in. Seraphims and cherubs with harps and the playing of the drums in a glorious and harmonious choir and with the thrilling of nightingales. Sorry, the trilling of nightingales. Okay. They sing and they dance in circles and the most brilliant of lights they become. The soul is most gorgeously elegant, dressed up in gala attire, 
and the br precious little fireflies adorn and illumine the path all the while. Oh, it's just so beautiful. It still it still moves me every time I hear it. And um, my son, our, your nephew, Mateo, always checks in to see like YouTube views. He's like, oh, how many oh, people really? have you heard? <laughs> yes. <laughs> how many people have heard? That's super so sweet. So to find it, we'll put the link. I, I'll have to, you know, put the link in the in the notes, in the podcast yeah. notes. But the um, it is yeah, called. Pe pe people can find Vuelo it. Vuelo al Reino. Yeah, but yeah. on YouTube, for example, they could even type in the English version. It's called Flight to the Kingdom. So if you put okay. Flight to the Kingdom, uh, Colombian Cumbia or Colombian, you know, something along those lines, you'll, you'll find it. Um, and the Spanish title is Vuelo al Reino, which Vuelo translates Reino. to Flight to the Kingdom. Okay. So in that process, so because um, I let's actually um, talk a little bit about the moment of mom's death. And I want to then again, come back again to the process of you when you actually finish the production of the song itself. Um, Cause that was kind of part of your mourning process too. And your process of grief as you develop this. But um, so maybe let's talk a little bit about um, the day of our, the, of the days leading up to our mom's passing and, yeah. uh, and the actual passing itself, which again has, music tied into it as well yeah well um <clears throat> if that's where you want to talk about it, if that's yeah definitely that's fine yeah well actually before we get into that i did want to mm -hmm. share just one more thing about yes like why this song is so significant for me in the sense this song was my way to grieve mm -hmm. um and um and again, it was just a different process for me. I feel, and I'm thankful for this song that she gave me because it, it gave me permission to accept her, her journey of death um, with joy. And because that's what she wanted as well. Even though it, it sort of came naturally, it also, it gave me just even more, um, like permission, if that makes any sense. And it, it allowed me to, to connect with her in at a much deeper level than, than ever before. And it, it still um, has that, um, that effect, you know, every time I interact with, with the song or the, the music video. Um, so well, I, I then, just wanted to share that. that well, actually, thing. no, let, then let's just talk about that then, because then you had this raw version of it, of just, you know, Leonardo, my mom's friend, and then some drumming with it and then after her passing was when you decided to go ahead and do a full you know more developed version of the song and um so share a little bit then about that journey because so because that's part of your grief or your mourning process because it's something you chose mm -hmm. to kind of use as that tool um similar to some extent like of even just how kind of it happened even with watching Zorana's videos, right, you know, that true. then you had those moments of then being able to process your grief 24 years later. But um, how was it uh, then for you, that process of creating this music video? Now, just for our listeners to know, my brother, you, we haven't even stated what you do, but you are a musician. <laughs> you are mm -hmm. a producer. Um, so this is what you, this is one of you, this is your gift and this is what you mm -hmm. do for a living as well. Correct. So, right. um, so share a little bit about that part, please. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was such a gift, not only because of, of like the sentiment of it, but then it, it later, <clears throat> it converted into a gift in many other ways I didn't expect. Um, basically like because of the song, um, uh, I went and raised funds from family and friends to, in order to produce the song and, uh, and do the music video and hire, mu uh, am amazing musicians, like top-notch talent, um, uh, in, in Colombia, we were able to record in the best, uh, recording studio in Bogota. And, um, and basically that experience with the musicians and all the people who helped on set, like at the music video and, you know, uh, all the, the, the camera operators and so on, 
it was just a beautiful experience. Um, and the way we connected was just like way beyond the music. Um, even though many of them I was meeting for the first time. And from then, it, it, it cemented this, uh, this working and friendship relationship um, with all these musicians and engineers and so on. And we've done other projects since then, you know, and every time like something results from that, I thank my mom, you know, I'm like, thank you mom for the song because like, because of what you gave me, I was able to meet such and such a person. I was able to meet such and such a person. <laughs> it's just oh. amazing. I hear that's um, that part of the gratitude, the grief gratitude part of this podcast is all these yeah. things that you end up being grateful for in this process. And then you don't sometimes even see it till later. Exactly. And, and, and just one brief example, one brief little thing that I, I love to share is like, uh, the, the day of the recording session, which was all the song was recorded in one day in, in like blocks, like all recording live. And I asked the musicians beforehand to bring pictures of their loved ones who had passed. And I, I took some like string and some clips, um, and like printed pictures. And so we, we hung the pictures kind of like a, you know, like clothing rack style. Um, and uh, so that we could have them present during the recording session. And before recording, we all, you know, huddled in a circle and said a prayer and thinking about not just my mom, but our loved ones to make sure that they were present with us while we recorded. And it had such a powerful effect, even though the musicians there, we all, you know, had different, you know, belief backgrounds and and so on like this was one thing we were able to connect with like we all had lo uh, lost loved ones and we knew that we could trust and have faith that we could call upon their souls to guide us um, in our creative endeavor of making this song and that really shaped the 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 spirit of 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 the song and the way we approached it you know it wasn't just like hey let's make a hit or, you know, it wasn't anything mm -hmm. along those lines. Um, so anyways, I, I just, I really wanted to, to, I guess, you know, share that it's Thank of you. How, how beautiful it was. Mm -hmm. Thank you. No, that is beautiful. So music then has been like this huge kind of little string tying, uh, you know, from the moment she gave you then the, uh, the words to that song and the melody to that song and you then being able to, have the song playing at the at the on her funeral on the at the day of her funeral then to then developing the song mastering the song to creating a music video creating these bonds of friendship with all these e people and musicians and all these beautiful things that tied in all, so that that was the journey with that particular song but then there was also music in the actual moment of our mom's passing so mm -hmm. if you want to share a little bit about uh, how that came about. And again, we all lived in different, all live in different places. My brother lives outside of the country and each one of us siblings lives in a different state and our parents lived in Georgia. So kind of going into, <laughs> into all that and mm -hmm. how we all happened to be there. Yeah. I mean, obviously there's, there's just so many details I could share, but I mean, I think just to share a little bit of the context before the night of her passing, uh, like you said, we were all in different places. And so in a sense, we were always expecting, I remember like always calling or checking in basically to see like, Hey, when should I go <laughs> to mm -hmm. be next to you? Uh, because I want to be with you for your passing. <laughs> yeah. like, Not only essence. that, that was her, one of our mom's biggest wishes was yeah, that yeah. she did not want to die alone basically and yeah. she would wanted all of us to be there that was uh one of the things she definitely had clear so we wanted to make sure we fulfilled her her wish yeah definitely and and so uh, it was just so challenging especially being an international um that I couldn't just like hop over so quickly, you know, or every weekend, like just in case, you know, or anything along those lines. Um, so there was always just a lot of back and forth. And I remember um, when finally I got a call uh, from, uh, from from Catherine or a message uh, basically stating, okay, like 
it's a good time now and and that mom has said that it's a good time for you guys to come and so i arrived and, and literally we arrived just two like like my, my wife kids and i we arrived just like two two days before before she passed or, or the day sorry the day before uh before she passed and um and this happened to be sorry that i interrupt uh-huh. you but just no, so please. that we know like what so our mom had gone to visit um my sister with my dad they had gone to visit and and even though she was already pretty ill but it was it was our niece's birthday and she wanted to be there and so she went but then her um her 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 um her symptoms just got really really bad while yeah. she was there so that's how it ended up being that our mom was at our sister's home in that moment that um that Danny's now recalling mhm and I remember um, uh, so she was basically in, in hospice uh, care um, at my sister's home. You know, she had the um, like the hospital bed and there was a nurse always there. Uh, and I just remember like feeling such a sense of peace in in the home because we were all together. Um, And even her two best childhood friends from Colombia flew in and, and they got to join us. Um, I remember the night that she passed that same night, we had a like a little family powwow and uh, like without my mom. And we were just already talking you know, the logistics, like the details of the funeral and the program and this and that. And it was getting pretty late. It was like 10 p.m. or something like that. And my mom's friends were about to head out to to the apartment where they were where they were staying. And they said, what about like before we go, why don't we all say prayers together? Um, and. And we started, so so we were like, yeah, that's that's a good idea. So we we joined them, and we just started saying prayers around our mom. Our, our, yeah, around, yeah, 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 yeah. Sitting around our like, mom. Yeah. So she's there, basically, in my sister's master bedroom, which is it's a it's a big room, so we could all fit. My mom has her own um, hospital bed there. Um, and we're all just like circled around, like some sitting on, on a bed, some on a sofa, some standing up. And we just started, like we said a few prayers, but very quickly they become, they became like all like in, in like sung, you know, like in, in harmony and, and melody and rhythm. Um, and we just started singing and singing and singing and, and the kids are there as well. Yeah, there was um, one. Uh, yeah, because they had gone to bed. With exception of um, of the oldest grandson, which is Mateo, yeah. my son. Yeah, 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 that's true. And in the middle of that, um, she she had this uh, um, kind of like made this noise, like of um, <laughs> like taking Thing. in air or. Or no, like, no, sorry. She was like, also doing like, like yeah. She she like basically to give some context, like she wasn't talking at at all, and mm-hmm. she had her eyes closed pretty much the whole time, like for the past you know few days. And then all of a sudden, she like made this noise, and we were, we all kind of looked at each other like, whoa, what was that? And then the nurse said like something along the lines of like, like I mean he he checked her really quick. And then he was like, "No, don't don't worry, guys. Uh, I think she was trying to sing with you. <laughs> Do you remember mm-hmm. that, Kendra?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, and then we just continued, and basically, like, uh, it's like all it, it's like so vivid, but yet like fuzzy at the same time. Um, I'll help you fill in the blanks of whatever. Yeah, 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 please. Anyways, I remember there was just a lot of laughter. Like, we were even just, like, telling jokes and uh, telling stories. Um, I remember 
one time we got we were all like really like huddled close around her bed and since there was so much song going on and most of the songs like we all knew and so we would all kind of chime in and then like one of her friends she like started singing this song and kind of like off pitch you know off tune and like nobody was joining in like she was all by herself and she sort of stopped like after starting a few lines and she was like how come you guys aren't joining in? We're like, we don't know the song. <laughs> and we all just started cracking up. You know, it was just such a a beautiful, like, dynamic, you know, and like environment. Unity and mixed, and, yeah. yeah, and mixed emotions, obviously. And, you know, a lot of people say that laughter is sometimes used as a way to cope with crying pain. or with, with, yeah, with pain. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I'm sure there was a lot of that uh, going on as well but i think sincerely there was just like humor and laughter you know it wasn't just um just coping with it um and then i remember there were probably a, f a few more things i could share but for me one of the most vivid moments was um i i had a, a native american flute with me and that she loved hearing me play that only, I mean, just a few months, like like five months before I had gotten it and I had started practicing and I would play with her in, in the garden in her in her home and she would just love hearing me play it. Um, and I, I got it to play and I was about to play and it was in that moment that she took her last breath. Correct. And that's the and moment that before you started playing the flute, we're like, we need to get everybody down here. Because oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carissa, uh, your wife, had gone to sleep and then the kid and all the kids, the younger ones, except Mateo, then we ran quickly, got them all and all came down like within like two minutes, basically, or so. We're all there for that to be able to be present mm -hmm. in her last um her last breath basically almost and then uh, and then go ahead and then that's when you yeah like she took her flute. last breath and i remember people like looking at each other like like is that it like you know like basically kind of confirming or like looking at the nurse and i, I my instinct was just to put the flute to my mouth and start playing mm. and and I, I just I wanted to serenade her <laughs> on on her on her journey mm, as and she was so welcomed I, with those angels and you were part of those um you yeah serenading her on her way out as the angels as in her song says were greeting her with music too she yeah, um yeah. Mm. <laughs> so cool and so yeah it was just su such you know to to me that night felt identical to seeing the birth of my two children mm. in terms of like there's a lot of joy but yet pain you know and, and it's like and you're tired like physically tired um and emotionally too there's just so much going on it's so intense it felt exactly the same yeah i remember for me it felt um because i was also like smiling and laughing and I remember my kids were a little confused a little about that. Yeah. And so, um, and I've had conversations with them since uh, they're minor, the old, some of the, the oldest, pretty much of the grandkids. But um, it was that I was just so happy that it happened how she wanted. It was like, uh, and this is what I've told them before. I'm like, it's not that I'm happy that my mom died. I'm happy that it happened exactly like she wanted, like, how who who would have thought that we would all be able to be in the same space at the moment of her death like who would have thought that it could have happened and um and to be able to do it that way and to and and the in the spirituality and the the atmosphere that was there the music the prayers uh the joy the love all combined it felt mm -hmm. um for me like being on pilgrimage you know in like the holy land and um, that mm. this really closeness to it was as you could touch heaven kind of with your fingertips it it uh like in another different level of um spirituality that was felt in that room right because of all of us being united for the same um 
purpose. So I, uh, I can, I can understand what you mean in that moment of that joy and, and, uh, kind of, you know, sadness, joy, all mixed into one, um, and how beautiful and spiritual it was. Mm. Wow. Thank you. And, um, and then music has, again, as we've seen, has been that process. Do you ever uh, pick up the flute as a way of even any time that you're feeling a certain way, the Native American flute, do you ever pick it up? Um, or wh wh have, you ever, have you picked it up in, that, in your process of grieving? Like, like to as remember a her? Tool? Yeah, for mm -hmm. sure. Yeah, I mean, what are some of just, the other things? Yeah. Uh, you know, at, at memorial services that we've had since then, um, I, I pick it up um, to connect with her. Or, you know, I play the melody of the song that she composed of Flight to the Kingdom, Vuelo al Reino. Um, yeah, it's just, it's totally a, a tool for me to connect. A tool. So what other things are some of those tools that you have found so music has been a tool for your grieving process. What other things have you found have been tools for your grief journey in these years? Definitely prayer and, and different kinds of prayer. What I mean by that is like, one, um, talking to her directly and, and, and talking to my sister as well or, or other souls that have passed, you know, depending on what I'm wanting to pray about. Um, and like asking for advice or asking for help or just to for accompaniment. <clears throat> and so like that kind of prayer, like to them, but then also prayer, um, asking God to assist them in their in their spiritual journey, which they're still on and it's it's eternal. Um uh song and music and and also just being very open about the the process, just like I am here with you right now you know just being very open and not not treating the topic as taboo mm -hmm. as like oh we don't talk about those things you know like yeah. um not at all normalizing. You know, I'm, I, yeah normalizing obviously the experience yeah well normalizing it but also obviously like being careful because i i mean i i have to use you know tact um in that you know i'm i'm totally aware that the topic of death is very sensitive for a lot of people and they don't want to talk about it so when i sense that obviously i'm not going to be like pushy or whatever mm -hmm. or mention my my experience just out of the blue um uh just because i'm aware it's it's the majority of people do not have the experience um that 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 i had so to speak you know and so i have to be careful so sometimes i feel like sharing my experience can be a, a source of inspiration while sometimes it can actually be uh you know provide you know guilt or <laughs> you know other types of feelings true no that aspect actually your that point of comparison what you just said right now uh is very very valid because a lot of times people think whoa well how come how come if they're because uh, i've I, i've heard this these exact words of what i'm gonna say in the process of, for example, when our sister died, like how come if they're the family and they are doing in quotations so well with the process and I'm not like how, you know, and they in this kind of comparison thing, like what is wrong then, let's say, with me if I'm exactly. not dealing with it in the same way as they are. And exactly. it's, it's just so different because um, I, I, I posted one time on Facebook this this comparison of a roller coaster and everybody being on a roller coaster because I actually put a picture of an amusement park we had gone to and every, you know, Carlos, you know, my husband sitting in one, you know, reacting in one way with those pictures that they take when you're coming down the roller coaster. And each one of us had a completely different reaction and everybody else, of course, that was on the ride as well. And then made me think that that is basically that journey of grief that we all are sometimes on the same roller coaster yet experience it very differently. And it comes with either whatever our backgrounds are, whatever our experiences have been. And, and there's different things that have led us to be ready for that moment for some people um, that sometimes you don't know. Like, you know, for us, you know, you know, dealing with our mom's passing 20 years after the passing of our sister, there was a lot of, of, um, 
of growth in that process, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so how we reacted and how we dealt with our grief with our mom, you know, had a lot to do with the growing and and <laughs> experience that we had with going through our sister's passing, right? So, yeah, it, it, you're right. Like it, we, it is, it is, it is. Inter- it's it's good to know that we have to be sensitive to other people's emotions, but then also people need to know that you can't compare how you feel and how you deal with grief with what you're even hearing now. Um, Cause your experience is going to be completely different. Um, mm-hmm. So thank you for bringing that up. Cause that's a very, very, very valid um, topic. And part of the reason I have this podcast out <laughs> so that <laughs> people can, can see that. Um, now, just uh, just to kind of wrap it up, I, I want to ask you a couple. One thing: What do you think has shaped you, like through the grief and through these losses that you've had in your life? And I, losses, and I'm kind of doing the air quotes here as I'm talking because these transitions, these big major Don't worry, changes I can, I in can, our life, you can I feel see them? like I can see your air. <laughs> My I, little finger. Quotes. I can feel them. You can feel them. <laughs> so, in these huge transitions that we've had in our life and ha- that you've had in your life what do you think um has helped and how has it shaped who you are now do you think there's been any core specific relate re- you know relation that you can kind of recall oh yes i am like this because i've experienced this or do you think it's been like more of a gradual process what what are your thoughts on that Yeah, you mean how these experiences have have shaped me, huh? Shaped you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like, um, I feel like they've like these these experiences of, and and I'll use the the air quotes mm-hmm. <laughs> again in, in losing a loved one, losing loved ones. Um has just totally like I, I, f- I feel in a sense like that particular night of seeing my mom's passing I'm so grateful to have been there because it confirmed a lot of the beliefs that I had and it it materialized them you know they went from being they, they from being theoretical or conceptual mm. to wait a minute like Right now, I feel like all these things that I believe, like they're true mm. in the sense of like, um, obviously, it's not like a scientific fact. It's, it's, it's not like I could say that, but it, in terms of like that intuitive feeling that like, wait, like messenger was like can be a messenger of joy, like is a messenger of joy. Like it is a birth into a new life because that's what it feels like right now. Um, I don't feel like I've lost my mom. My relationship with her is now different. Mm-hmm. I can't fly to Atlanta to go visit her, or I can't expect every June or July for her to come visit me and the kids. Um, so obviously the relationship has changed, but it's still there, and if not even deeper, just we're operating at different dimensions. And... Um, so I guess all I'm trying to say is like, it, it's just totally just cemented much more this belief in in our spiritual nature as human beings, and it's impacted. Actually, can I tell you one thing? How it, how it's actually impacted my everyday yeah. life as well. Yeah, is she, you know, before she passed, you know, I asked her mom like, how do you think you got, um pancreatic cancer (laughs) you know how did this all come about and she gave me two reasons she she said like she gave me the medical reason um like in terms of you know diabetes and you know like previous things and surgeries she had had and so on but then she gave me like a more like spiritual reason and and she said like it's from holding in also emotions and so or sometimes emotions of anger because like she was a person that totally did not want to make other people feel um uh sad or 
and and so she would hold in a lot of her emotions to like not bring other people down or to not create a negative environment and so basically she said ultimately that affected her health um and so since then because i i tend to have that personality as well um i've actually since then i started shifting consciously trying to shift my behavior my personality to be more expressive of my emotions um in the sense to combat you know since i know in a sense what, what kind of effect it can have mm-hmm. on our bodies um so i don't oh, know it's, yeah. there's it's just had studies so, th- there's no, so there's many lots things of yeah. studies yeah i mean that there's lots of studies that show how emotions have an impact on our health so yeah yeah, no, it's it's it, but it again we saw it firsthand, and it just has it, when you've lived it, then you're like, whoa, okay, what little changes can I make in my life that right. that I'm able to kind of cleanse myself from that and not hold it on in my body somewhere, whether yeah. it's sadness, whether it's anger, whether um, is resentment. Uh, whatever those emotions that we sometimes don't express because of what you just mentioned of mm-hmm. not wanting to hurt those around us, but at the same right. time, they end up hurting us <laughs> by holding right. them and eventually end up hurting those around us because then they have to deal with the consequences of right. what they have to feel with uh, when we, if we, if we get ill. So, um, so no, that's a very a valid now in that too, in that journey, your, um, your kid, your kids were much younger uh, your youngest, Bayon, was only one when our mom passed, and mm-hmm. Soraya was, uh, was she three at that moment? Yeah, she was three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, with 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 that, how have you been able to maintain? And they've never met our um, sister. None of our kids have mm-hmm. met our, you know, none of our kids met our sister. So, can just share a little bit about how you keep. Um, their memory alive in their lives and um yeah how how do you do that yeah i mean different ways and um through through pictures and like definitely pictures and video like has really help um for them to connect with with these souls um uh you know with their grandma and their and their aunt um through stories um also, um, through prayer, you know, when we say prayers, many times we'll say like, hey, why don't we say a prayer for your aunt or for, for your, you know, your tia Soris or, or Lita, mm-hmm. your, your grandma. Um, so th- those are definitely some of the, the go-to ways that we've used for them to connect and, and you know, for their memory to live on. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Now, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for in this whole process? So much, honestly. And I mean, I've already shared a few things, but um, I'm just, I'm, I'm grateful to be able to experience, um, like in, in a sense, even though I haven't experienced, I haven't experienced death myself or had like a near death experience or anything along those lines. Um, to be a witness of the beauty of life and death and and to really see it as a as a journey as a path mm, as just a transition to another dimension um i'm just grateful to have a wider perspective about these things even though it's not like i understand it fully it's still extremely mysterious but I feel like I, I just feel closer, closer to it. Um, and, and that is one thing that I'm extremely grateful for because I feel like it shapes my everyday life. Like, what is my purpose on this world? What am I here to do? How am I going to take advantage of each moment? Should I be watching this, you know, 10 minute YouTube video from E Entertainment, you know, whatever, <laughs> like, Mm-hmm. or should i be doing yeah, something once in a else? while once in a while well, I mean, you yeah, can't yeah. Too. yeah i know i know but definitely <laughs> but like it it um you know those kinds of thoughts come into my mind like wait a minute like am i just wasting my time here mm. um or like can i be doing something more significant mm. so thank you thank you so much hermano for being part of this and now before we wrap up i want to just say how can people find you if they want to hear a little bit more of all your music and 
everything that you've done as well, because that, again, that has been something that's even birthed even more in this process of your uh, grieving journey. So if, if they want to listen, you have your, you have a podcast, you have, so if you want to just share your hashtag this, whatever <laughs> your taglines, if people want to find you. Sure. Yeah. I think to not give too many links, um, I'll just mention my most recent project and, um, you guys can follow that project at One Planet Music. Um, so at, at the website, oneplanetmusic.com, which is my, that's my podcast where I talk about um, uh, music and its role in, in society. Um, and on Instagram at oneplanetmusic.fm. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I am grateful um, to have been able to experience um the grieving process with the most incredible human beings, which I'm going to cry, happen to be my siblings, that I learned so much of every single day of my life. So thank you. I love you. (laughs) I I love you, hermano. And thank you for being my first interview. I love you. You're welcome. Thank you. It's such an honor. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you again so much for choosing to listen today. I hope that you can take away a few nuggets from today's episode that can bring you comfort in your times of grief. If so, it would mean so much to me if you would rate and comment on this episode. And if you feel inspired in some way to share it with someone who may need to hear this, please do so. Also, If you or someone you know has a story of grief and gratitude that should be shared so that others can be inspired as well, please reach out to me. And thanks once again for tuning in to Grief, Gratitude, and the Gray in Between podcast. Have a beautiful day.